Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Pain Show. I am so honored to have a repeat guest today. This one, actually this guest, has garnered the most downloads of almost any episode that I have done. And so when I heard from our publisher that they were interested in having her come back on, I was like, absolutely. But then when I saw the title of the book that she's writing... I thought we have got to have this conversation. So Lisa Turkhurst, thank you for coming and being on my podcast again. I'm so excited to talk about Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, the name of your new book, Loving Others Without Losing the Best of Who You Are. I know that you've been on here before, so you've introduced yourself, but let's just recap a little bit. If you could just give in a few minutes, um, tell us about yourself. Yeah. Well, first of all, always an honor to be with you. We've known each other for a really long time. I was trying to count up how long, but maybe we won't share that because it makes us sound old. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so my story is with my book writing, I write from my point of struggle, not natural strength. And I think Anybody that's read any of my stuff, whether it's a book or a blog or even listen to my podcast that I do, uh, you know, I think people know that I'm going to be vulnerable and honest, appropriately honest with the hardships that I'm walking mm-hmm. through. And my books always start with the question of what do I need to work on? Mm. And when I find something that I need to work on, and it's common to a great number of people that are in my audience, then I know that that's a topic I need to possibly consider for a book. Good Boundaries and Goodbyes is coming off of the toughest season of my life. And for those people who've been following along my journey, um, you, you'll know that I had a pretty significant trauma in my marriage or a series of traumas. And fought really, really hard to save my marriage. And, you know, at times we both fought hard to save um, our marriage and then things got better and then things got dramatically worse. And I experienced the death of my marriage, which is what I call a divorce because to me, it really is a death. Mm -hmm. And so coming off of that, I wanted to look inside. I think I'd been working so hard on the other person and so hard on the marriage that it was time for me to work on myself. And I finally felt like I could go and sit with the counselor and say, okay, now let's look at me. What do I need to work on? And it became very apparent that boundaries would be a really good Mm. topic. Mm. And I feel like this is a word, even I showed a picture of your book on Instagram and people just wrote in saying, I need that. Like I have people in my life that I need to set boundaries with and I don't know how to. How do you define boundaries from the get-go? I think that's an important thing for us to just have a definition for what are boundaries. So let's think about boundaries in terms of three words, access, responsibility, and consequences. Mm -hmm. And I didn't just come up with this on my own. I actually was searching through the Bible which is where I get a lot of my wisdom from, both 
theology and therapy. And I wanted to know, is God okay with boundaries? Because that's the faith journey that I'm on. And so I just needed some biblical confidence. I don't, I don't want to draw a boundary and then feel like, oh man, I'm being so unkind or unchristian. And what I discovered throughout the Bible is that boundaries are not just a good idea. They're actually God's idea. And we find it all the way from Genesis 1. God established the foundations of the world using boundaries. He separated light from darkness, sea from dry land. And then the first topic of conversation and the first recorded conversation between God and man of all the subjects God could have covered, he chose the topic of a boundary in Genesis 2. And he told the man, you're free to eat from any tree in the garden, but just not this one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or you will die. And so what God was establishing there is, Adam, you have complete freedom, but you also have a responsibility. So you have complete access but you have a responsibility. And if you don't hold fast to that responsibility, there is a consequence that will come about just a natural consequence from your choice. And then by the time I got to where God was establishing how he wanted the temple built, he used this same model. He gave access to certain people to certain areas, but not all people to all areas. And it wasn't because one group of people was more valuable than the other. It's that one group of people they were required a greater level of responsibility than other people. By the time you get to the Holy of Holies in the temple, only one person had that level of access, but that person also had to carry the greatest responsibility or they would suffer the greatest consequence. And so these words became really apparent to me through studying the Bible. And here's what I want you to imagine. If you are giving level 10 access to someone, but they are only willing or capable of demonstrating level three responsibility, the distance between the amount of access you're giving and the level of responsibility they're bringing into that dynamic, that's where the chaos can be found. That's where the dysfunction can be found. And that's where the need for a boundary can be found. Where there's chaos, there's usually a lack of a boundary. So I used to think I would make this mistake. I would think, okay, I need them to be more responsible with the access that I'm giving them. So I would have a conversation. And that's a great place to start. It's wonderful to express the need for more responsibility in the access you granted to someone. But again, if they're unwilling or incapable, the mistake I made was that I was trying to put a boundary on them using external pressure to force an internal change. And that's not going to work. So I quickly learned that I couldn't use my boundaries to try to control another person, manipulate another person, or um, even punish another person. I had to use a boundary appropriately to put the boundary on myself. And if this other person was only bringing level three responsibility, then I needed to be responsible and I'm empowered to be self-controlled enough to reduce the level of access that I grant them to the level of responsibility that they are willing and capable of. And that's where you can find relationship equilibrium. And that's important. So as you're saying this, I'm thinking, okay, so level 10, level three, how do I know where a person is at? Like, I think I might second guess or psychoanalyze. What is a process that we can go through to kind of discern that? Well, I overanalyze and overthink everything. 
So let's pull it into a simpler dynamic where I can prove to you, you're already really good at this. So we're going to flip the interview. Is that okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> no right or wrong answers, but I know the answer you're going to give. Okay. So Crystal, do you have a bank account? Yes. Wonderful. Do you have unlimited resources in your bank account? No. So you have limited funds. Mm -hmm. Is that because you're selfish? I hope not. (laughs) Nope. It's because you're human. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you have a bank account and you have limited funds in your bank account. Mm -hmm. If you have unlimited funds, we need to talk because I have some (laughs) suggestions of how I can use some of those unlimited funds. Okay. (laughs) But you have a bank account. You have limited funds. Mm -hmm. Do you have a security passcode? Yes. Okay. Do you have a security passcode because you're unkind? No. No. Why do you have a security passcode? Because my husband set it up, but uh, yes, it's the (laughs) smart thing to do. (laughs) So Uh, for the record, I don't even know what it is because he does all of that. (laughs) Probably I need some help with that too, but anyway. Intervention. (laughs) Time for an intervention. Let's go get him. Um, Okay, so he set the passcode mm-hmm. up. Um, so he probably wouldn't come on this podcast and share the bank account information and give everybody free access to your bank account, right? Mm-hmm. And why does he not want, or even you don't want everyone to have full access to your funds in your bank account? Why is that? Um. I think because we have them allocated for things for our family. That's right. Because you're responsible Mm -hmm. and you're a wise steward of the finances that you have, your limited resources. And you don't know if we were today to give out your bank account information and we were to give everyone free access, we don't know that everyone would be responsible with that kind of access. So because you don't know if people are going to be responsible with that access, you don't grant complete access. We know this with our finances, but we forget it in other areas of capacity in our life. We forget it when it comes to our relational capacity. We forget it when it comes to our emotional capacity, our intellectual capacity, so many, our time capacity, you know, so many other areas of capacity, we get more emotionally confused. The bank account seems crystal clear, but we get pretty confused in a lot of other areas. And so we have allowed, because of a lack of boundaries, we have allowed some people too much access without requiring or even communicating the kind of responsibility they need to carry into that kind of access. So let me give you a different example. Let's say that at school, they pass around a volunteer uh, newsletter, right? Or, or some kind of sign-up sheet. Mm-hmm. And the teacher says, we really need a, a room mom. And you already know in your head, you do not have the time capacity or maybe even the emotional capacity to handle something like that. Mm-hmm. But you're feeling pressure because all the other parents are saying, you know, Crystal, you would be the perfect person to do this. You're so creative. You're so um, fun. You're, you're so available. You work from home. And so you really need to 
to do this. You need to sign up. And so you are now giving those people access, but they haven't demonstrated a level of responsibility because they're making assumptions about your capacity that are not true. Mm -hmm. So they've been given too much access to speak into this and you haven't communicated to them or they don't have the responsibility enough to know you are a very busy person and you are really careful about your time. And so maybe because of external pressure, you sign up to be the room mom and it hyperextends you past your capacity. Well, now you're worn out, worn down and frazzled, maybe even fractured because you wanted to do the right thing but you said yes because of external pressure, not because of an internal conviction that that's what you actually should do. And maybe you said yes before you made a realistic assessment of your limited resources in terms of your time and your availability. So as you're saying this, I'm thinking, okay, bank account, like so clear. Yes, we're not going to give the whole world access to our bank account, but our emotional access and those other things you were talking about, I feel like the word selfish kept coming to my mind. Like, I feel like so often we, you know, you said, are you selfish? Is that selfish with your bank account? But with those other things, I would feel like, well, am I being selfish? Like, I, I really should, I, I should help this person. I, I should do this. I, I should be available for them. So how do we get over that in a, in a biblical way? Because I mean, scripture talks about, you know, giving and serving and laying down our lives. So how do we reconcile that? Well, let's look at Jesus for an example. Jesus did lay down his life for a high and holy purpose. He did not lay down his life to enable bad behavior to continue. He did not lay down his life just to please people who had that expectation of him. He did not lay down his life to become the you know, with other people's emergencies, making it his responsibility. You know, he let people make their own choices and, you know, he let the young rich ruler walk away. He didn't chase him down and force him. And so we have to remember when we're laying down our life and that concept that it's good to remember our role, our role. We can be a wife, we can be a mom, we can be a friend. We cannot be a savior. Mm. And there's a big difference with that. Also, I think it's really important for us to understand the difference between selfish and self-controlled. I personally think what's really selfish is for the worst of who I am to be front and center all the time because I'm so worn out and worn down. Mm -hmm. You know, a fruit of the Spirit is to be self-controlled. That's evidence of God's Spirit in us. So sometimes I think we are trading a sense of self-control where we can stay the best version of ourself because somehow we've convinced ourselves that it's better to never appear selfish when in reality, sometimes the things that may appear in our brains to be selfish, it's actually evidence of you being self-controlled and you being beautiful enough and selfless enough so that you can say no to some things so you can say yes to the best things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it would be it would be selfish for you to give yourself away to everyone who made a request of you and then at night have nothing to give to your kids. Mm-hmm. And so 
if you see it as selfish, then choose to be selfish in the right way and choose to be selfish in a way that honors God. And I don't think it's selfish. I think it's self-control. So good. So I hear this phrase a lot, toxic people. Mm. And I feel like that is something that almost has become an excuse. And this is, this is me projecting on this, but almost an excuse to not stay or do hard stuff. Like we, we just label someone as a toxic person because they're, we all have dysfunction. We all carry around baggage that is dysfunctional, but we label, yeah, we need to, con- we need to have a confession. Hi, my name is Lisa and I have dysfunction. Okay. Your turn. Yes. Hi, my name is Crystal and I have dysfunction. Okay. So we're human. And so we bring that humanity to relationships. And I think that I know in my, my personality and just with my history and family of origin, it is easy for me to just leave. Like I have been a lever. It's like when it gets messy, when it gets hard, when it gets awkward, I just, the safe thing for me to do is I just leave. And God's really challenged me in the last few years of what it looks like to stay and work through. And also, I recognized that I had a string of relationships that didn't work out and started to realize, hmm, there's a common denominator here, and that is me. Mm-hmm. And I needed to really start working on me. Like, what is dysfunctional with me? And so I think. That is, you know, when I hear this word boundaries, I sh- this episode is sponsored by Byheart, And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Struggle with that kind of pushback of, well, I don't want to just cut people off. I don't feel like that's the right thing to do. And so how do we, how do we walk this in a way that isn't just like, well, I'm at a 10, you're at a three, so goodbye. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I think it's important to understand that love should be what draws us together, not what tears us apart. 
And sometimes we are in situations where we avoid the hard conversations that need to be had. And those simmering resentments start to take over and they can ratchet up to a certain point where we start reacting in extremes. Either we get totally quiet or we lose our mind. Mm. Uh, Either we try so hard to please that person enough to where they stop having toxic behaviors all the way to the extreme of where we shove them away and say, enough is enough. I can't take it anymore. And instead of dealing with the issues, I'm walking away from you totally. You see, boundaries help us avoid those extremes. Boundaries help bring things to the middle. And boundaries are really healthy conversations. Healthy conversations where you get to express, this is what I have to give. This is what I do not have to give. This is what I can tolerate. And this is what I will not tolerate. This is what is acceptable. And this is not acceptable. And it's not you trying to control another person. It's you having enough self-control to establish that you are never going to be able to make the other person provide this environment for you. Therefore, you have the self-control enough to say, this is the environment that is required for me to stay. I'm convinced more relationships die, not because we attempt to have the hard boundary conversations and they don't go well, but more relationships die because of conversations that needed to be had and never were. Mm. So let's talk about what that looks like, because I think that that's great in theory, but practically speaking, okay, so I just had a lady write in about she's living with her mother-in-law and her mother-in-law is just criticizing every single thing that she's doing and making her life miserable. And they're in a situation where she, they can't just move. What would, what should she do? How does she set the boundary when she's living with this person? Okay. So I love that it's a mother-in-law situation because this is where it especially gets confusing when somebody has a significant title in our life. So here's what I want you to do. If I was talking to this woman, I would say, okay, this is your mother-in-law. We're not stripping her of that title, but we're going to take that title off of her for just a minute and we're going to put it on a shelf and we're going to give it back to her, but we're just temporarily removing it. Now, if this was a regular person, not someone who has a title in your life, what boundaries would you need in order to keep yourself safe, sane, and self-controlled? So think about the boundaries that you would have. Now take that title of mother-in-law and put it back on this person and ask yourself, what are my responsibilities? Because she's my mother-in-law, but also I've already thought of these boundaries. So how can I meet somewhere in the middle between what I'm responsible to do because of the position she holds in my life and what I can express that I'm no longer willing to tolerate? And it is going to be hard, but let's say they're at the Thanksgiving table, because this is a scenario that I think happens a lot around holiday tables. And I don't know what kind of criticism she's experiencing from her mother-in-law, but she can have this conversation. She's not going to be able to control her. She's not going to be able to, you know, make her mother-in-law not say something critical at the Thanksgiving table, but this is what she can do. Let's say the mother-in-law's name is Sally. Sally, I'm so thankful that we get to celebrate Thanksgiving this year, and I'm really excited. Now, I have realized something about myself. I do not have the emotional capacity right now for criticism. And so 
I'm informing you, not asking you, I'm informing you that if critical statements start to be made, then I'm going to remove myself from the Thanksgiving table. This is in no way me trying to punish you. This is me trying to be self-controlled because I want to keep a healthy dynamic in our family and I don't have the capacity for emotionally charged conversations. And so it's your choice what you do at the dining room table, but please respect that it's my choice if I get up and walk away. Mm. So I can, that's such a great conversation on her side, but what, what if Sally comes back and is super hurt and upset and angry and threatens and, you know, just, I can just see her lashing out. And she might, right? That is. So that's why we've got to always count the cost because when we think about access responsibility, there's that third word consequences. And it's not just establishing a consequence, like I'm going to walk away. It's also acknowledging that there may be consequences from Sally and Sally may threaten to take something from me that I fear I cannot live without. But here's the deal. If Sally is going to not respect this healthy boundary, if she's going to disrespect me, threaten me, possibly abandon me, then I think we already know Sally has the propensity to do that, whether we establish a healthy boundary or not. Healthy people respect healthy boundaries. Unhealthy people have never met a boundary that they actually like. And so we have to count the cost before we have those conversations. But here's what I found. It is crucial for me to stay healthy. And mental health is a commitment to reality at all costs. Therefore, I'm committed to establishing healthy boundaries and acknowledging that some people may take what I want them to give me and they may take it away. You see, I've said for years, I struggle with people pleasing, but when I started to work on myself and really dig underneath the surface, I wasn't people pleasing just to try to keep another person happy. I was trying to keep another person happy so that they wouldn't take from me what they were giving to me that I felt I must have from them. We will always desperately want from other people what we fear God will not provide. Mm. And so if I'm living in a very dysfunctional situation, and you, you made the comment, they can't move. Well, they can move, but it may be really challenging to move. Mm. But then you have to, if it gets to the point where there's no other option, the hardship of moving may be so well worth the hardship of staying in a very dysfunctional dance with a person who's unwilling or incapable of bringing the appropriate responsibility into that relationship. I think it's the thing of we're never stuck, but sometimes we become a victim of our circumstances because we feel like this is our only option. And we get stuck when we're trying to control another person. You see, today, if you had a cardiac event, Crystal, I could and I would jump to your aid and I would, using external compressions, keep your heart pumping until we could get a trained professional here. And when the trained professional, when they got here, they could also use external pressure to keep you alive. But at some point, if your heart does not quicken and start beating on its own, you will not be able to sustain that dynamic. You cannot sustain life 
using external pressure. Never have you seen two friends walking around a mall, one person doing chest compressions on the other person and think, wow, there's a healthy dynamic, right? That's really sustainable. No. And so I think we have to understand that we are not going to be able to control another person. And if we're fixated on trying to do that in order to change the situation that we're in, it's going to be so frustrating. And we are going to get to that point where we just say, I can't take it anymore and jump to the extreme and possibly shove that person away. But boundaries were never meant to shove another person away. Boundaries are meant to help hold ourselves together. So yes, you cannot control that other person, but you do have power over the choices that you make. You can remain self-controlled and you do have a choice. And I think it's wise to understand that and recognize your choice may cost you something, Mm -hmm. but in the end, it may be the very best investment you've ever made. And I really feel like the heart of this is that quote that I am going to botch if I try to say it again. So it was something about, we don't believe we can get from we think we need to get from others what we don't say it, say it better than I can. <laughs> we will always desperately want from other people what we fear God will never provide. So I feel like, I mean, you wrote the book, so I'm projecting on this, but that you, like, that's the core of this. Like, we need to get back to understanding God's provision for us and resting and trusting in Him. Right. So I feared in some of my most important relationships at times, if I drew healthy boundaries, then that other person may walk away from me. Mm -hmm. Now, chances are, if I'm fearing another person will walk away from me, maybe they're the kind of person that absolutely will walk away from me. Mm -hmm. And so I have to make the choice to get that ultimate sense of security, not from other people, but from God himself. And this isn't spiritual platitude. This is real in my, in my life and in my heart. I need to live from a place of acceptance. God has accepted me and not live for acceptance, desperate to get scraps of acceptance from other people. Sometimes I deal with social anxiety and it's complicated. If I'm in a um, a crowd of people. Now, you and I both do the same thing. So, you know, have you ever been in a situation where it's like there's a whole room full of other authors and everybody has somebody to talk to? And then here I come, I walk in and everybody's already in conversation and I just feel so awkward. Mm-hmm. And there's no one that's saying, Lisa, come over here, join mm-hmm. our conversation. It's not because they're rude. It's because they're in another conversation, right? Mm-hmm. And so that dynamic gives me a lot of anxiety. And I have I'm just going to confess. Is it okay to confess? I have gone over to the guy serving the sodas and stood there and forced him to have a 15 minute conversation with me because I was so desperate (laughs) not to look so alone, you know, Mm -hmm. or I would stand there for a few minutes and then realize I can't take this and go to the bathroom and just, oh, how much longer, how much longer? Or I would get on my phone and act like, oh, I have a really important email I have to attend to right now. And the Lord started to challenge me, Lisa, when you walk in that room, why are you waiting for everyone else to make you feel accepted? Why don't you walk in that room with the assurance that I've accepted you and recognize every other person in that room is desperate for acceptance too. Mm -hmm. And can you be the one where you walk into that room and you make it your goal not to get acceptance, 
but to give acceptance mm-hmm. to other people and walk in that room and you bring the peace of Christ. You bring the joy of Christ. You bring even the confidence and the love of Christ and make it your focus to walk into that room as a giver, not a taker. Mm-hmm. And wow, Crystal, when I started doing that, I started to recognize everyone in that room was a little nervous. Mm-hmm. And it was so much better for me to walk into the room more focused on making other people feel loved and accepted. And in the end, I walked home that night feeling a whole lot more love and acceptance. Mm. Well, I think that translates to all relationships in our life. If we walk into them from this place of, I'm already accepted. Like I have everything I need from God and I want to build community with healthy people, but ultimately I find my true worth and identity in God. And when we walk into relationships in that place, it just allows us to focus on the other person. Like mm-hmm. that's, I found, I stop worrying about what they're going to think of me, um, how I'm going to be perceived. Did I say the right thing? I can just love, like just be a conduit of God's love to others. And there's just so much more peace and joy and a whole lot less psychoanalyzing there. Um Yes. Yeah. Well, I don't do this perfectly. And so I, I always give myself a measure of grace too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, after my divorce, um, when I was sitting with my therapist, I recognized it's not bad for me to have needs. Mm-hmm. It's not bad for me to have desires within community, within relationships. It's just, I don't want those desires to shift into demands. Mm-hmm. And so I made it a real goal to wait, to even consider going on a date with another person until I could get to the place where I could say, I'm not going to demand that someone else make this healing process easier for me because I don't want to be so needy and so demanding that I drain the relationship right from the very beginning. And so I almost got to this place where I was like, okay, I don't need another man to walk me through this process. I want to get healthy enough to where I can bring my needs and desires, but instead of needing them to help fix me, I want to be free to, I'm already in the process of healing. So now I'm free to not need, but want. Mm -hmm. And when I make that shift, I don't need you to fix me. I just want to be with you. Then when I reach that place, then I'm like, okay, I think I'm set up in a little more healthy way to attract a healthy relationship. Health attracts health. Unhealth attracts unhealth. And so it was very important to me to pursue health. Well, and I just think of God as the healer and how just looking to him for that health so that, you know, the more that we can heal as people and bring our healthy selves to the world the healthier that we can, it's like we spread it, you know, it's disease spreads and health spreads. That's right. That's right. And that's why it was important for the subtitle of good boundaries and goodbyes to be loving others without losing the best of who you are, because boundaries aren't about pushing other people away, walking away, you know, breaking up, ghosting people. That's not what it's about. Boundaries are actually about holding ourselves together so that the best of who we are can stay front and center in our relationships. And boundaries should be motivated by love for the sake of healthy relationships. 
Boundaries should never be motivated by punishment, manipulation, control. The motivation should be love. I want to be a loving person. Therefore, I need to stay self-controlled enough, acknowledging my capacity, giving where I can give, but also saying no when I need to say no. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for writing this book. As I was reading it, just thinking, this is this was a hard book to write, mm-hmm. I am sure. And just thank you for being so vulnerable and honest and just sharing from your journey, from your struggles, from your heart about what it looks like to have good boundaries and what it looks like to walk in health. And so if you're listening today and you're thinking, oh, I have so many more questions, I, I want to know specifically, how do I walk this out in this relationship? How do I become healthier as a person? How do I not lose the best of who I am? How do I love others well? Go get a copy of Lisa's book, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, Loving Others Without Losing the Best of Who You Are. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 